0: We're doing a winning post-game show. This is what I'm talking about. Shout out to the players beating Nebraska, finding their way back into the win column. But that's not all we're going to talk about because Spartans Illustrated had a big, big development on the coaching search. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for spending some of your Saturday here or Sunday, whenever you're listening to this. Thanks a lot for spending it with us here at Locked on Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and we're going to actually have fun this episode. Holy crap, I cannot remember last time we got to do this on a Saturday. Shout out to all of the players. I highly doubt even one listens to this show, but hey, if they catch wind of this, I just... Not only congrats to the players, but also thank you to the players. We are going to focus on them for the first little bit here after this 20-17, to that's right, Michigan State victory at Spartan Stadium. Closing out the season at Spartan Stadium, if not for nothing else, with a win here. And look, I know this is going to sound so rah-rah, woo, but truly like you can only feel great for the players. We all know the situation they were dealt a absolutely crap hand. That's the family way of putting it, a crap hand at the start of the season. And I don't you know, mean to go down negative alley here in such a positive show, but it's been made abundantly clear in the last few weeks that even with the adults still in the room, not necessarily set up for greatness after the whole Mel Tucker fallout happened. You think us fans had a miserable last seven weeks here in East Lansing? You think that we have had some bad Saturdays, I can't imagine, quite literally cannot imagine being a player inside that locker room with all this going on. Your head coach is gone. I don't even know if the coach is still around you really trust because, well, we've seen what they can do during games, more on that later, but also just loss after loss after that has got to mentally beat some people down, but not these players. Look, it hasn't been all perfect. Of course, you can understand why sometimes that maybe uh, the focus slips a little bit. My God, I probably would have checked out personally of the season. Two weeks after the Mel Tucker fallout happened, but these kids have had way more highlights, way more mental resolve than they've had mental lapses over the last few weeks. It is almost quite literally unbelievable that they could go into this game with that much mental fortitude, with that much fight still in them, even after being knocked down to the mat. Six weeks in a row. What a miserable stretch, but not for these guys, not for these kids on the field. This has been an amazing display of what being a Spartan truly is. So truly, if any player catches wind of this, I, again, I doubt they will, but thank you for just, you know, representing Michigan state as well as you have And congrats on a massive victory. It is well-deserved and about time you guys get to celebrate one of these. Now let's actually start talking about this game. First positive we're going to throw out there. Um, was that the best throw we've seen all season from a receiver? I, let alone just any player, but holy smokes, Alante Brown with that dime in the first half to get the ball rolling here for Michigan State. And, of course, not the only player with good throws in this game. Caden Hauser, Sam Levitt, both their best games in a Spartan uniform so far. And with Sam Levitt, that goes without saying. I mean, half of his passes went for touchdowns. That's a pretty efficient game right there. But Caten Hauser, I thought, had a nice little game here. 13 of 20 passing, 165 yards, and a nice little touchdown here to Christian Fitzpatrick, his first career touchdown pass. Had a nice little bit of touch on that throw. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that Caten Hauser, still a young kid, still learning the collegiate game. But what I really like about what he did today, never really put the ball in trouble, save for that, First down play call late in the game, but we'll get more into that later. I think that was more of a coaching decision than it was a Kaden Hauser decision. But still, for the most part, very smart with the ball for 19 of those throws. And, well, limiting the turnovers is the name to the game. And if you don't ever believe that old cliche, we'll just look at it today. You think the turnovers made a little bit of a decision in today's outcome? Also, Tyrell Henry. I mean, we talked all up and down this offseason about how shifty he is, how quick he is. Showed a lot of that on those underneath routes, those catch-and-run routes or catch-and-juke routes, if you want to say that, too. Four catches, 54 yards, and, of course, Montori Foster has to get a shout-out to him. 94 yards and that touchdown catch. A little bit of controversy there. I know that the Fox Sports crew didn't think that was a catch necessarily, but maybe I was just looking at it through green stained glasses I always thought that was going to be a good catch but man awesome throw by Sam Levitt just a 20-yard bullet up the sideline right there and a fantastic catch by Montori Foster now let's switch sides of the field to the defense and man made life very very tough for Nebraska's quarterback which I gotta say I, I not to be disrespectful but that is unbelievable that you can get a scholarship for playing quarterback at that level, but hey, look, Michigan State didn't make life any easier for Nebraska as well because seven sacks by the Spartans. Some of that thanks to the defensive line. Others, hey, thanks to the coverage in the secondary. My God, when can you say that in the last three years here any East Lansing? But I mean, both units, whether it's the front or the secondary, really showed some great glimpses here in this game. Jaden Mangum, a complete baller. I mean, if I, never mind that interception that he could have fair caught. I and mean, That's one of the worst passes you'll see in college football all season. But man, tied for the game high with seven tackles just all over the field. And look, with the transfer portal looming and this offseason looming of, hey, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? And sometimes uh, we'll feel the question like, hey, who do you want to see stay in this offseason? I'm reluctant to do those segments because like, I I just feel bad leaving any kids out because it's mean to bury kids in a season like this. But I will say this, Jaden Mangum certainly is a kid that you want to stick around here before he goes to play NFL football on Sundays. I mean, just for a kid so young to be playing that active in the Big Ten week in and week out, just like Malik Spencer as well, yeah, you got great games from both of those kids. Dylan Tatum, solid all-game, but really really showed his stuff at the end of the game, broke up a pass on the sideline, broke up a pass in the middle. He had some big time plays at cornerback. Chance Rucker, just quick reaction time for a true freshman. Caleb Coley, another young kid, had some big hits early on. And let's go into the trenches here in that front unit. Jalen Thompson, my goodness gracious. I'm not going to say we found a diamond in the rough. The kid was a four-star recruit out of Detroit for crying out loud. But man, for a true freshman, to have this string of games here in back-to-back outings as good as he is in the front, that's another kid we wouldn't mind if he stuck around here in this offseason. Two sacks and that forced fumble that iced the game here. And, guys, I don't know about you, but we've even watched a lot of Michigan State football this year where everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And, man, I my my cheeks were puckered at the end of that game. I I thought that, okay, Nebraska's going to get a field goal here. We're going to overtime, but until – Jalen Thompson saved the day with that strip sack and of course Cal Halliday falling on the fumble as well. Jordan Hall what what else can you say about him that kid is just a menace week in and week out unbelievable true freshman performance by him and let's let's give our cap to to Khalil Majeed as well. I mean guys I I know this roster better than I know my own family tree for crying out loud. I I, I absolutely bleed green and white just like a lot of you do. I got to out myself here. I Until like three weeks ago, I've never heard of Khalil Majid in my entire life, and here he is just making plays. That that was a nice little kind of somewhat game icing interception. It it really helped the finish of that game there. And let's just close out this fun first segment with talking about special teams as well because they get a nod for this win as well. We already know Jonathan Kim, two dynamite field goals, including that 51-yarder that, heavens, looked like it could have been good from 75 yards that guy's got a cannon for a like but also let's talk about Ryan Eckley here first five punts of the game averaging 53 yards per game he had two pinned inside the 10 yard line partially like shout out to the Nebraska returner who's fair catching inside the five yard line like you do you but uh, Ryan Eckley banging the ball today so he has had some really good moments this season possibly I would see even inarguably his best game on Saturday against Nebraska here. And the last positive I want to point out here, this was after the review where they had Montori Foster's touchdown catch stand. Nothing was funnier than how hard that ref pimped that call after they went to the booth review. The ruling on the field stands. That's right. The nice little pregnant pause there. Surprised he didn't throw jazz hands out there, but that that was a nice flare of the dramatic from the referee there. If you were uh, at Spartan Stadium, I hope you could hear him as well. Because That that was absolutely sensational. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the coaches here, the game. We got some loose ends to tie up, but then, hey, what some of us are here for is to hear about this coaching search news that dropped by Sparks Illustrated. But first, I need to talk your ear off about Athletic Brewing Company. And, oh, man, if you – have been listening to these post-game shows the last six games. This ad read is somewhat of a dread because, hey, gang, this is what Athletic Brewing has us do. It's now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. We get to do a happy one of these. Much like, God, I hate to take the safe option and just say all of the players here, but really, truly, like all of the players on Michigan State, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And if you don't believe me, just drive to a store and buy some Athletic yourself or go to athleticbrewing.com and order yourself a great six-pack of their brews. And, you know, kind of just like the whole team, Every single beer in the lineup has their own role with Athletic Brewing Company. There's stouts, they're pumpkin beers, they're light beers. I mean, you can use these in a variety of ways. If you just want a great tasting beer, go for it. I mean, that's a great reason to drink Athletic Brewing Company. But also just having a conversation with a friend about this. Let's say you're just slamming actual alcoholic beers and you just need a pace car to like kind of just mellow out here. You know, you still want something to drink, but you don't want to keep throwing alcohol in your body. Mix in an athletic or two in between, going chug chugga choo choo on some alcoholic beers. Athletic Brewing fit for all times. You can find athletic brewing companies, non-alcoholic brews, at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off of your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions apply and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing fit for all times. Also need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, it's so easy to add a job on LinkedIn Jobs. A schmuck like me can do it. So when you do it, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to let your Candidates know that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free terms and conditions. You got that right, Buster. They apply. All right, let's continue talking about this game here. And I'm sorry to, you know, go down like negative alley here, especially after a a positive win. Again, shout out to all the players here. But this is what we do on post-game shows. We talk about the good, we talk about the bad, and we talk about the interesting. And this is something that I think is pretty interesting with Michigan State and how they decided to handle the Sam Levitt redshirt situation here. Look. I guess I should start with the rule in case anyone doesn't know. You can play four games, up to four games in college, stop your season, and then keep that season of eligibility. All right, Sam Levitt just played in his fourth game. You can hypothesize that that may have been Sam Levitt's last game in a Michigan State uniform for this season. Now, whether he transfers or not, who knows, but logic tells you that, hey, I know that this was a fun win, guys. Like, this was awesome. You know, feel great for the players. In the grand scheme of things, I I don't even know if a bowl game is still on the table. Is Sam Levitt really going to burn up some eligibility just to play, I don't know, every other fifth series here in these last three games with a season, again, this was fun, kind of going nowhere, though? Logic tells you, hey, if he was my kid... I would say, no, you're done for the year. We're going to keep those four years of eligibility and not even count this one. That was interesting how they used his last game before he can step aside and take this redshirt year, wasn't it? Look, going into the game, it would make sense to, okay, hey, Sam Levitt, you're going to do one series, how's it the other? And we're going to keep on flip-flopping until something works out here. A little interesting that they used him for one pass in the first half and then checked him back into the second half to – run a play that almost had him killed. If the Nebraska, I forgot if that was a safety or a linebacker or whatever. If he laid the wood on Sam Levitt on that ridiculous quarterback, go run around at the sideline play. That's what you're using his last game of eligibility for to throw one first half pass and then put him in this car accident on the sidelines. Now, yes, he did get to throw another pass and that was a dime down the sidelines, but here's the other interesting part. Sam Levitt, Hey, that was cool. He looked really good there on that drive. That may have been a top five pass of the year in anyone wearing a Spartan uniform. All right, why don't you go back here and stand by us on the sideline here. Wasn't that – like, th- th- there was no inclination of them riding the hot hand whatsoever. Sam Levitt got into the game in the second half. Ice cold off the bench. And he really took two quarters off, and then they put him right back on the bench after having one of the best throws you've had all year. Look, in a season with just, just oh, my God, a list of puzzling coaching decisions, this has got to be up there, right? I you, you don't think that Sam Levitt is maybe better served – God, it's going to be a really hard game next week. Let's say Michigan State's down 40 in the fourth quarter. Maybe get him a full quarter against the Buckeyes, against some serious competition next week, or maybe even against Indiana on the road. Give him more than just two passes and a weird wide receiver route that you have him running, or maybe even at the end of the season because, God forbid, Kate Hauser gets hurt in these next few games. Maybe just have him on ice using his last game of eligibility for either the Indiana game or the Penn State game because now – Let's say Levitt shuts it down for the rest of the year, which he very well could. He also might not. I would be a little surprised if we see him again this year. But, man, let's say Kane Hauser goes down. Okay, guys, Noah, Noah Kim is hurt. Like, he can't play either. Sam Levitt, he might be on the sidelines in a sweatsuit. Uh-oh, is it Andrew Skofar time? I hope I'm saying that name right. I mean, no disrespect to Andrew, but, wow, we're going to go to quarterback four right here. I think you probably could have beat Nebraska with just Kaden Hauser playing the whole game, but just a puzzling, puzzling decision. But it's leave it to this coaching staff to just keep on making head scratching decisions the entire year. Um, other negatives, like I, I'm not going to rail on these too much because again, Michigan State won 20 to 17. Pull right through for MSU. Very fun. The end of the game was very bizarre, just airing the ball out when you could just chew up clock and make Nebraska burn their timeouts. But whatever. We know that I mean, this this coaching staff can't even close an automatic door, let alone a game here. And then I'm not going to rail on the kids here, but at left tackle, I would like to see Ethan Boyd a little bit more or Ashton Lepo. I would like to see a really good uh, offensive lineman that's young and upcoming. At left tackle, then we'll just put it at that here. All right, Uh, the last negative that I have, this was at the end of the game. I don't know what was going on in the FS1 booth up there with Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman, and I get that calling a game is a lot harder than it seems just on our couch, but my God, they were all over the place, and nothing was more insulting to Michigan State and us fans than uh, Spencer Tillman's list of candidates for Michigan State's next coaching search here, uh, or not even next coaching search, just the one that we're on right now. They had four pictures of gentlemen. It was Brian Hartline, offensive coordinator of Ohio State. Uh Alex Atkins, I, I don't know what he did. Probably just a custodian at Florida State. I, I don't really know. And then Sean Lewis, the Former offensive coordinator at Colorado, he actually just got his duties dismissed in favor of Pat Shermer, and then, oh, yeah, name number four for Spencer Tillman's Michigan State candidates, Harlan Barnett. I feel great for Harlan Barnett. You know, this is a guy that was thrown in a horrible situation. We all know it, okay? You hear me talk about it every single week. You already know what's going on. He seems like a great guy, dedicates his life to the program, this, this, and that. With that said, if it's Harlan Barnett as head coach last year, I'm I, I, not to make this all about me, but I would seriously consider just not doing this anymore. I, I don't know if I can do a, a show five days a week on a program that has relegated their standards to middle MAC level play. I, this has been a complete clown show the last few weeks. Again, great that they won. This is awesome that he gets at least one win in the win column. Great guy. Respect the guy. Not a good head coach whatsoever, so that would be something. So, let's talk about some serious head coaching candidates because the fine folks at Spartans Illustrated this was Ryan O'Blennis, David Harnes on the ones and twos here. Great people, great work over at Spartans Illustrated. Go subscribe to their work because they came in with a bombshell on Friday. They have confirmed that Michigan State's representatives have been speaking with the representatives of these four coaches regarding the coaching search, Lance Leopold head coach of Kansas. Dave Clausen, head coach of Wake Forest. Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State. And then Jake Dickert, head coach of, uh, sorry, Washington State. Now, I want to make this very clear. Just like they did in the Spartans Illustrated piece, these are may possibly not be the only four candidates that they are in contact with because as you probably picked up i did not say mike elko and if you're looking for an urban meyer uh update they have one for you here right now now we've shared our reports on urban what i've been hearing what other people have been hearing let's go to Sparnes illustrated though because they've been consistent in that urban meyer Now, this is fun we're having, guys. Not happening, though. And they all but doubled, tripled, or quadrupled down on that. I'm just going to read right from the report right here. Quote, as for Urban Meyer, sources continue to tell Spartans Illustrated that is very unlikely to happen. We now have also heard from sources very close to Meyer's camp that he is not interested in the job. We will not completely rule it out as of now. But the chances Urban Meyer becomes Michigan State's next head coach remains incredibly low. And also I'm going to keep reading here because we have to hammer this point home to reiterate, this does not necessarily mean that Michigan state is down to these four candidates or that one of them will be ultimately hired as Michigan state's head coach. But let's talk about these four candidates, shall we? Let's talk about them. And how we're going to do this is we're going to rank them in my opinion, from four to one of guy. I necessarily wouldn't want to see here at Michigan state of these four names. There are four decent names, some I like a lot more than the others, and that will end on the guy that's on top of my list. Now, checking in at number four, Jake Dickert. Uh, this is who I'm going to go with. 14 of 13 overall at Washington State. Came in as the Cougars head coach in a very odd circumstance. Um, if you want to talk about why the last coach was fired, go ahead and argue that with a wall. We are not here to talk about that, but definitely unique circumstances with Jake Dickert taking over at Washington State. Had them dabbling in the top 25 this season as well. And there's going to be a theme here with this conversation is that Michigan State has great resources, right? We got the brand new football building with the sticker still on it. We have billionaire donors that are not shy to spend their money. It's a top 20 revenue school, top 20 or 25 in attendance, depending on the year. There's a lot of reason to like this Michigan State job, a lot of great resources. Whereas in Pullman, Washington at Washington State, No disrespect to the Cougars, not as good of resources as you would find in East Lansing, but yet he still has the Cougars rolling early. What you also like about Jake Dickert, 40 years old, young guy, but I keep at number four on my list because it's gotten a little wonky here late in the season. And while the age can be a bonus, he is 40 years old. I would like to see a little bit more experience than just a year and a half at Washington State. So number three on my list here. Dave Claussen, I've heard about roughly 300 names for coaching ideas, whether it be YouTube comments, emails from you beautiful listeners, tweets, conversation with family and friends, conversation with complete strangers. I've heard about 300 names for MSU's coaching search. I, I didn't even hear Dave Claussen until the Spartans Illustrated report came out. And maybe you can kind of see it, 56 years old. Wake Forest, before Dave Clawson stepped in there, I think it's like 10 bowl games in their entire history. He has Wake Forest well on their way to an eighth straight bowl game. Just like Jake Dickert, how like you shouldn't have this much success at Washington State. There's no reason for Wake Forest to be this good this routinely. But Dave Clawson has the Demon Deacons, who we saw in one of those bowl games. That's right, the pin straight bowl, as you all remember. He has them consistently pretty solid, if not above average as well. I mean, of course, some of that was with Sam Hartman, a pretty solid quarterback, but can that happen up here? 56 years old, you get a lot more resources up here than you would at Wake Forest. If he is hired, if he is the guy, I don't necessarily see myself like banging my head against a wall and wondering, how did this happen? It would be an okay hire, I think. And when you think of Wake Forest and Michigan State, here's one knock that like, I don't know if I'm just like mentally just too sunk on it right now or what, but Hey, when you think Michigan state and wake forest, you think, Oh, Hey, that's where we got Kenneth Walker. We got Kenneth Walker because wake forest heavily underutilized him. If not like at all, he became a, what should have been a Heisman candidate here at Michigan state. So like, I do wonder, okay, like, Oh, that's weird you're doing great things at wake forest, but he also kept like this all pro NFL running back, a guy that could have won a Heisman here on the bench. Interesting, but whatever. Number two on my list here. I, If you ask me this tomorrow, I could flip-flop these two names. So it might as well be 1A and 1B because I hold Lance Leopold and Jonathan Smith really on the same uh, pedestal, in the same tier of coaches here. Lance Leopold coming up on 60 years old, but man, he has done wonders at Kansas. And I know that, you might be seeing it plastered that, well, he's not even 500 as a head coach at both Buffalo and Kansas. Okay, he's brought Buffalo to half of their bowl games in their program's history. At Kansas, is he 500 yet? No, but man, uh, he has Kansas competitive. That should not happen. That should never, ever happen. And again, I'll just excuse Lance Leopold for going 2-10 and 10 in his first season with Kansas. That's a program that should always be 2-10. and He took a rebuilding year, got up to just above 500 last year, and then, well, yeah, he has them cooking in the top 25, just beat Oklahoma. Lance Leopold, yeah, oh, he's not even 500. Okay, but what he's done at these two programs with close to zero resources, resources or expectations, he's done wonders there. So you get him in a spot, again, like Michigan State, resources galore. Hey, I don't hate that. What people might not like is that he is coming up on 60 years old, just like we said. But, man, you you take the last seven, eight weeks here at Michigan State, I I don't know if I mind a guy just taking the wheel for five years, bringing some stability to the program just to pass it off to the next guy after five years. That's not a bad five-year program for Michigan State. But who I have at 1A, Jonathan Smith. I, I will keep on saying the theme over and over again, but there is no reason whatsoever for there to be a top 15 program in Corvallis, Oregon. I mean, no disrespect to the Beavers. I feel for their fans, what they're going through with the whole pac 12 realignment, but man, for Jonathan Smith and not just this year, this isn't flashing a pan. They had a pretty solid year last year to dig his alma mater out of the mud where they were to where they are right now at 44 years old. That looks appealing. That looks really Appealing to me, they're smart on both offense and defense. It will be asking a lot to pry him away from his alma mater. He did play at Oregon State, and we've had this conversation a long time ago is like, will he even be interested in the job? Because it's it's rocky over there at Oregon State, they're doing good on the football field right now. But with this change from the Pac 12 to where are we going to go next? Maybe he wants to be a steward for Oregon State and lead them into the next chapter of whatever that is before he bolts from his alma mater, if he ever does. But man, if now is the time, if he wants his salary, I don't know if it'd be doubled completely, but if he wants a nice little raise here, a, a just a skyrocket profile of resources here in East Lansing, I would really appreciate that. I, so Jonathan Smith right now is one A, Lance Leopold one B. And then Klaus too. two and um sorry, I just lost my notes here. Uh Dickert four, uh, Dickert three. Oh god, I'm losing count here. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it's at right now. Again, Spartans not the only candidates, likely, but those are the four that they can confirm. When will these interviews happen? probably closer to Thanksgiving. I don't think any of these guys are going to sign the dotted line with three weeks to go left in their season, but that's what we got right here. Uh, well, gang, this was uh, this was fun. This was fun. I can't remember the last time we've had fun on a Saturday post game show. This was weird. This was unique. Let's do this again. Let's do it next weekend after the Ohio State game. Why not? Uh, if you missed our conversation with PFT commenter of Part of My Take, well, we break down Monday's basketball game because, well, he's an alum of uh, James Madison. He gave us a little bit of tidbits. We talk more about James Madison at the end of the show as well, but it was a really fun chat with PFT Commenter. So if you want more of not just my voice, but also PFT Commenter's voice, go to yesterday's show. That was a hoot and a half and really a, a dream interview of, of, of sorts. So this was great. Uh, someone just wrote in, thanks for the show, bro. No, thank you for listening. truly. Truly appreciate you guys spending some of your Saturday here with us. Or, again, if you're listening on Sunday, whatever day it is, you guys are truly the best. Let's go celebrate this win. All right, gang? Love you all. Go Green.